Everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 369 now of, yeah, the Ron and Don Show, and we're live from the Les Schwab studio. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about the fact we do something called Ron and Don sit downs, and sometimes you have to sit down twice in order to get the home that you're trying to buy, especially in this market. Speaking of that, let's talk about Disney, the wild world of Disney. Yeah, they're going lighter. Uh, they're getting involved in the real estate business, and this is not the first time. We'll get to that, though. Let's get to this. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's a banker, and her father just passed away, and she was able to go back east and work from his home and wait for him to pass because he was in hospice care. And she said the amazing thing about being able to work from home or work from the East Coast is she loved the fact that she was able to be with her dad in the final weeks of his life. And then she had to get documents prepared. He left a condo behind, just all kinds of stuff that she needed to take care of because her mother had passed on a number of years ago. And she was able to do that. This week, the bank has called her back, come back to work. And she reached out yesterday and she said, man, this is really hard. After working from home, after being around my daughter, after seeing my husband, after being able to work and sometimes cook a meal or uh, go for a walk with a na- whatever that is, all those things about COVID that maybe we didn't like, I think along with that, we found some freedoms that we thought were pretty cool. They say a third of U.S. workers now are being called back to work. A lot of tech companies have to be very careful about this because they're all competing for the same body of workers. That's why if you ever wondered why there's so many different tech companies in Seattle, really, there's a big anchor company that comes, right? One like Amazon. And then Facebook just kind of showed up to start picking off Amazon workers. And then they said, hey, Amazon is expanding on the east side. So let's go build a building over there. Next thing you know, Google shows up. Everybody is showing up, right? Because they're trying to pick off the very best workers. So a lot of these companies, Ron, are saying, huh, we own all this. Re- oh, Amazon doesn't lease all this real estate. They own a lot of this real estate. They feel, and we heard in the early days, that people got a lot more done when they were at home. A lot of these tech companies are saying that's not true. They get a lot more done when they're being held accountable. And when they have time blocked a time, let's say nine to five or whatever it is, and they come to work, and they're going to sit down at a table and they're going to collaborate. You can't collaborate as well on a Zoom call. You can't feel someone's presence, some would say. What are tech companies going to do as we kind of move into the future? Because, Ron, for a lot of them, they don't feel like they can call their workers back to work. And many of them, we're working with some of them right now, they're moving even farther away, right? I think that it depends on the role. And this is going to be interesting to see how they develop this. And I'll explain a little further. There is, for some roles, there's a tremendous value for being around other people. If you're in, a, in, a, in the type of job where you need creativity and collaboration and you're trying to, let's say, let's say you're coming up with the new product. 
you're at Microsoft, just call everybody back. But let's say you're at Microsoft and you're developing a new feature set for a new product. It's that's hard to do at home. You need to be uh, it, with everybody in the same room having a whiteboard and there's an engineer there and a software guy there and an interface guy and, and maybe you're the manager and you're working on this team. That's, that's the type of thing where you want to be in the same room. Once you decide what those things are going to be, the people that maybe are going, hey, I need you to write code for this specific thing, that person doesn't need to be in the building. That person could be at home. And maybe they only come in once a week or once a month or once a year. Who, who knows? Because they have a very clear task. Uh, I mean, you and I did a thing at the office here within the last week or so. And just the, we, we had some coworkers that popped in and said hi. And it, I thought it was valuable. Like we learned about some things from, from one of our fellow co-agents. Our boss popped in. We were able to talk to him for a couple minutes. And so those just incidental contacts I think are valuable. And sometimes you can learn about something, an opportunity that came up, or you had a question that pops up in your mind, you can get an answer right away. And just the, the, the value of human interaction. And so if these companies try to make one rule, everybody back, I think that's going to backfire on them. And then, and, and workers now are going to go, I guess I'm going to jump ship to someone that gives me more flexibility. But if they're like, Hey, for these roles, uh, you need the collaboration. If you're in one of these roles and maybe it's a different pay scale, then you can have complete autonomy. Uh, you and I were talking to a, a guy that d- develops video games. He's like, our productivity has gone up because people don't have to drive down uh, to downtown Seattle every day. They can, but they know what they're doing. The game's already been designed. They know what their role is. And it's like, you're working on this part of the game. And, and they can do it when they want to. If they're working at 2 in the morning, doesn't matter. If they're working, if their kid goes to school, they can take them to school. They, they don't care as long as you're getting that piece of the game there. But I think when they're developing a game, having everybody in the same room that's going to do the, that part of it, I think is, is invaluable. Do you, do, you, do you agree? Well, I think one of the th- things that's really hurting Seattle right now is in the downtown core. Anybody that goes to downtown core, uh, they will just tell you how sad it is. And, and the fact that so many businesses have closed, many of the businesses have closed because they have so many break-ins, dozens and dozens of break-ins. That's true. Uh, our, our office at Windermere has been, I, I can't leave one valuable thing there because people break into it consistently. They've broken, and we have cameras and all kinds of stuff and people just keep breaking in. Uh, when people are high and crazy and they want to continue to get high and act crazy, they don't care whether they have a camera or not. And so what has happened in the downtown core without a lot of businesses down there saying, hey, in order for us to stay, we really need police protection. And we really you know, need to do what McGruff, the crime dog, talked about, where you take a bite out of crime. A lot of those businesses are just waving the white flag and saying, we're closing, we're going online, or we're leaving. And a lot of those businesses are going to the east side or other parts of the states or uh, of this state, other parts of this state, or they're going to other states. And so I think Seattle has to really figure that out. And I think we're at a tipping point right now where a lot of what's happening, when, when they close down the jungle here, when they close down the jungle, and I said this before, it's like a tube of toothpaste, and the jungle just spread throughout the city. Well, what they're doing now is they're beginning to close parks and pull tents out, but all those people are still going somewhere. They're just going deeper into our neighborhoods, into our bushes, and into our downtown core, wherever they can find a place to set up their tent. 
So were you so, saying when when the when these businesses were occupied and then the, all the restaurants and yeah, support businesses it totally. just yeah. put bodies on the street? And, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I can and see it, that. And it held law enforcement, I think, really politicians more accountable. And and now they say we're down to like seven hundred cops before COVID. They said we needed two thousand. Uh, and I don't think it's 700 it cops. Is I, I think it's I think it's less than 700 cops, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, I went and met a good friend of ours at the Columbia Tower food court. There's like four restaurants open. Yeah. Like, it's like, what happened to this? This used to be a vibrant, fun place to go to lunch with someone. And now it's it felt like a literal graveyard. Yeah, I, I was talking to someone that runs the police department here the other day. And he said, yeah, I lost five officers to Arizona. I said, they go down there to retire? He goes, no, they go down there to work. Because people appreciate the fact, law, order, they get paid well, and they don't get mistreated, not only by the crazy people here that the city calls their clients, but they don't get mistreated by the people that are dialing 911 either. So it's just, it's easier for them. So I, I think we, we think we're on this rebound right now, but in Seattle, the downtown core, and in all our neighborhoods right now with policing and crime, there is a real problem. And, and, and the thing is, you can be very sympathetic to quote unquote whoever the homeless are until you get hit over and over and over again. And then you start to get pissed. Like I'm getting pissed. I am getting pissed. Keep breaking into my Airbnbs, breaking into my garage. If you look in the front seat of my car, I could be at a disaster area because people keep breaking into it. When I leave it at a disaster, nobody breaks in. You, you can't sit in the passenger seat right now because I just left it like it was the last time that someone broke into it. It just looks like it looked. And I've shared before, we've had dump trucks stolen, tools stolen. And at some point, and, and, and I understand you can't label everyone home, homeless. I get that. I understand that. I'm sympathetic to it. And, and I've tried to help as much as I can, but I am getting to a point where I'm just getting pissed off about it. And uh, this new mayor better do something. We'll see you on the other side. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer 100000 over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team. 
And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening to The Ron and Don Show. I'm G-Force O'Neill, the real brains of this operation. Hey, Dad, can we go get a sandwich? All right, you guys, welcome back to The Ron and Don Show. As you heard from our clients, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need our help, just reach out, ron at windermere.com, and uh, we'll do a sit-down with you today. The sit-down usually just takes less than 45 minutes, and we have a conversation about your real estate journey, and we find out if we're going to be good team members or not. What we found out this past week is sometimes you got to sit down twice, right? Yeah, in this market, especially for buyers and for sellers sometimes as well, um, you think you have a strategy, and then uh, the strategy needs to be tweaked a little bit as we move through it. Here's the interesting thing, interesting thing to me. Don, and, and I wonder if you have the same thought or, or maybe a little bit of a different take on it. Many times, the thing that comes up is, is a mental thing. It's the way in which you're thinking about how you're moving through the world. I think especially if you're similar of age to us, our entire lives, we had these assumptions around real estate, like talking to my parents, my brother and sister, like just is your even my first home that I ever bought. You'd go into the market. The it it was very similar to like going to Nordstrom. You go to Nordstrom and there's uh, the the shoe rack, and then maybe back in the corner there were some closeout shoes. You'd go in, you'd find the thing you wanted. That's what it costed. It, it cost. If you went into the closeout thing, maybe it was dinged. Maybe there was a scratch on it, and you'd get a little bit better price. Take it up at the register. You're done. Home buying for a lot of years was like that. You would look at the what's out there, and if it said it was seven forty nine, you'd go look at the open house. You'd write an offer for seven forty nine, and you'd buy the house. Or you, or if it'd been on for a while, you negotiate the price down. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, and usually uh, Americans like to go back and forth at least three times on a negotiation, and that negotiation has been taken away in a lot of ways. Yeah. So our parents did that. Our brothers and sisters did that. That's what we've known our whole lives. So now you come into this market, and you have this mental heuristic that says that's how this game works. And then you find out, well, that's not that's not how it works right now. Something has changed. And if you're unwilling to switch your mindset, and if you're unwilling to say, I have changed games. I thought I was playing baseball, but I'm actually playing football. And no wonder I keep getting run over because I'm showing up to the football game wearing a glove and wearing, you know, holding my baseball bat. And so I'm just getting run over by these guys in pads. So that to me, in some of these second sit-downs that we've been doing. It's been interesting, and for me as well, like as an agent, having to switch my mental game a little bit and go, oh, I was doing this approach, and now all of a sudden I need to change that approach if I want to have success in this marketplace. So we've been doing that, and we've been tweaking some things, and we have been finding success. We will see you on the other side of this. (laughs) 
Hey, you guys, what's going on? We're here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. Mitch, I want to ask you, a long time ago in my 20s, I was in the car business. I used to buy cars wholesale. And I'd stand in an auction lane, and I'd call some of my partners, and they'd say what the car looked like. It was either a triple-dippled diamond, which would be like a turnkey house, if we're talking houses and cars, or it might be something called a roach or an edge box, meaning this could be a really cool car, but it needs some work. Houses in an upmarket, everybody wants the triple-dipple diamond. Everybody wants the turnkey. But where you can really create value for yourself is going out and buying that roach or something that's a little edgy. From the people have those. I spent all this money on this house, and I have nothing left for renovation. Talk to us a little bit because we have mortgage products out there for people that may need some money back in order to finish that kitchen, right? Yeah, and that's what we do. We have rehab loans and we have construction loans, and they're as little as 5% down, and you get to use the rest of that money in order to build that new kitchen you want. That new You can build from the ground up, or you can just do a big rehab on a house that just needs a little finishing work to make it what you want. All right, you can find out more at Mitch.Loans. Tell them Ron and Don sent you, and you get that one half percent back on the value of your loan. That's Mitch.Loans. NMLS 1691573. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And if I was just going to add something to what Ron was saying, he was talking about uh, baseball, basketball, football. The bottom line is the negotiation and a real estate deal now are different. And so there's some things that I do as a negotiator that I do ahead of time with the other agent before we even sit down and talk about writing a contract. Uh, and I'm not going to share those things because I don't want to give my secrets away to other agents. Uh, but I do have to say uh, things that we have figured out, uh, they work. And some of the same things I learned a long time ago when I owned a car dealership and I wholesaled cars or I worked at a dating service in my 20s at Great Expectations. I worked at a phone room. A lot of the stuff that I learned on the phone and I was on the phone for three years, they absolutely apply to real estate today. So in a lot of ways, for me, it's the same game. The negotiation is a little different, uh, but there's a lot of common things that apply uh, when you are trying to sit down with somebody and you're trying to collaborate. And I will share this, if there's an agent listening to this. I, I don't understand the pissed-off agent, the a-hole agent, the one that gets angry and mad at the agent on the other side, and sometimes they're putting on this big show for their I don't get that, because that's when an agent is sitting across the table from another agent. What I like to do is sit at the table and collaborate, and let's see if we can get this done for our clients. When you do that, almost 100% of the time, you get it done. When you sit there, and it turns into lots of drama and yelling, sometimes, and I see seasoned agents do this sometimes, and I'm just, come on, what are you doing? This is not life or death. This is a piece of real estate here. It's an important, it's an investment. Uh, but I don't under always understand that. So anyway, when we're talking about the second sit-down, the second sit-down is, hey, Let's see what we've learned from the first sit down. What have we learned from writing an offer or two? And then what can we learn when we write the third offer so we're not writing 30 offers, right? And that's why we sit down. We, under, we, we have a better understanding now of what the marketplace is like, the neighborhoods we're going after, the leverage that we have, and how we can apply that leverage to do the deal. Everybody thinks right now... You have to be a cash buyer in order to do that, and you don't, okay? I say all that because what is happening right now in real estate, just not you and I, mom and pops that want to get involved, but you have big companies and corporations like the wonderful world of Disney 
that are going out and taking their imagine engineers who have created these incredible places, evidently for us to go with our kids. I don't think they're that incredible. I like going and my son doesn't like going either, but everybody else likes putting on the ears and standing in line and drinking a overpriced beer, whatever that is. You want an overpriced beer? Hell, you can go to a Mariner game if you want an overpriced beer. You don't have to go all the way to Disney World or Disneyland. Ron, I think it's really interesting. The, the wonderful world of Disney tried to get into real estate years ago. Now they're re-entering the market, and they're out there competing with a lot of our buyers to buy up homes and land and and create some pretty amazing neighborhoods, right? Yeah, they, they announced that they're doing a development. It's around a 24-acre uh, lake. And the Imagineers are going to go in and create a, a, a Disney-designed community that will be complete with, you know, some some clubhouses and activity centers and that sort of thing. And people will get, well, they're, they're building in these perks of like memberships to the, you can get so many visits to the theme parks and all sorts of Disney swag and, you know, sort of vertical integration with all their other products. I think this is going to be successful um, because they're starting from zero. So if you, in other words, they, they have this parcel of land and it, it seems like they're going to go in and create these specific neighborhoods and sell them off at a, at a premium price. But what people are buying into is the entire community. So you're going to have access to the water, access to these public spaces. Your house is going to be highly engineered by Disney Imagineers. And for that type of person, the person that is in the Disney ecosystem, they will probably love this. Um, I, I wouldn't want to live there, I don't think, because I'm, I'm more like you where I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to wear matching Mickey Mouse sweatshirts with my partner and, and go down to the clubhouse with a bunch of other Disney people. But that's just me. Like, there are clearly, they're a huge company. Disney people are creepy, man. I don't want to live near Disney. And I have a best friend. My name's, I grew up with him. He's a Disney person. And he's creepy, and I let him know that. So I don't, we, we had a broadcast one time from, from a, a Disney uh, place, and we were a top 40 station. We got kicked out uh, because we were asking live on air where the bathrooms are, and they're like, we don't have bathrooms. And then I asked some of the people came over, like Mickey Mouse. I asked him what his real name was, and he, his real name was Mickey Mouse. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they went over, and they unplugged our console, and they said, you, you, you can't broadcast from here unless you understand we don't have bathrooms. We don't talk about defecating. And also, all, all the characters here, here are real. And I'm like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by and listening <laughs> I mean, to Ron and Don. And you know what? It's not all, all that by Disney putting their name on this. They've done it before. And they have to be really careful because you get culpable and you create uh, you create these communities and then everybody sues you. So Disney will be back in the headlines. They're going to get sued because stuff fails and people love to sue builders and developers. And that's what's going to happen. A lot of these, though, the appeal might be there for 55 and older. So people 55 and older that grew up with Disney, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe that'll be appealing to them. Anyway, if you need us as your realtors, just reach out. Ron at Windermere.com. If you're looking for a buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook, we're bringing on a lot of homes right now. People are asking us, should I wait till next fall to sell? And usually I would say it depends. Uh, right now I'm not saying it depends. I would say no. Spring is the springboard. I would jump on this spring if you can. We know that money is about to get more expensive. And when money gets more expensive, uh, yeah. 
People are going to pay less for your property. So I don't think there's a crash coming. I think there'll be a slight correction. And before that slight correction comes, uh, now might be the time. So reach out to us, Ron at Windermere.com. Thanks for downloading the show. In fact, on your podcast, if you hit subscribe, you get this every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Also, if you want the nation news, Ron wrote something really cool this week. I would encourage you to reach out. Uh, and you can just go to ronanddon.com, get signed up for the nation news. We don't sell that list, you guys. So you're not going to be hearing from a bunch of people that you've never heard of before. All right. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. Episode 370. Wow. We'll be here before you know it. You're listening to the Ron and Don show. All right. On the Ron and Don radio. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.